Milhaven, just saying. I'm Tom Becker. I'm I'm McGraw Milhaven, and uh, good to have Tom back in the States and rested and ready to go. My shoulders were exhausted from carrying you last week on this podcast. Well, I was still dealing with the... Matter of fact, I still got a little bit of a uh, laryngitis from the trip, but I was dealing with the jet lag and everything else. I was tired last week, you know, but uh, now I'm back. I'm feeling pretty good, although my voice is still a bit raspy, but I'm, I'm feeling good. So, you know, hey, overall, overall, life is good. Uh, overall, life is great. It's opening day week. So baseball starts on Thursday. That means life begins anew come this week, baby. That's the beautiful thing about this time of year. Every team has a chance. Every team has a chance. My uh, Guardians are going to go to the World Series this year, though. I, I, you know, Maybe I'll meet your Cardinals there or your Mets, but uh, my Guardians are going to the World Series. I'll tell you what. I, I love you, you're a longtime baseball guy. I'm a longtime base, baseball geek. I love the changes Major League Baseball made with the pitch clock. I'd love to see the steal come back in. I got no problem banning the shift. You know, I'm one of those that was kind of against it, but they had to do something. And watching the baseball in spring training with these new rules, man, it was a whole lot of fun. It'll be interesting. I've not watched the game yet. I've been looking at some box scores, but I haven't watched the game yet. But uh, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how it, how it plays out. And, I mean, look, you're a baseball geek. I'm a baseball geek. So we appreciate the game. Does the average person, will they give a damn? Will they care? Will this improve baseball's ratings? Will it improve the attendance? I don't know. Well, uh, more importantly, what uh, how's Omaha reeling from that devastating Creighton loss? Man, that was heartbreaking. Oh, God. I You know what? Uh I don't know if you saw Coach McDermott's speech afterwards. He, the guy is just a class act all the way. You know, he talked about how, you know, he galvanized, you know, the whole community, how he galvanized everybody that ever had any connection to Creighton. And he's right. I mean, that was a great – it was a great run. The team is still fairly young. McDermott knows how to get things. I mean, I, I expect good things for them again next year, um, you know. I mean, I, they came within a ticky-tack foul of going to the Final Four. Yeah, well, I'd like to think of it more along the lines of if they just drained one of those three-pointers. They just couldn't shoot any. They just couldn't shoot anything in the second half. They were just cold. Yeah, um, I mean, it's just heartbreaking. I mean, it was so you know what, and I, it, it, there's always been a sort of yin and a yang with Creighton and uh, Nebraska, right? There's some Nebraska fans that don't like Creighton. Some they, they sort of try and create a rivalry. I was rooting for Creighton. I really have no affiliation other than I lived in Omaha for a while. Um, I was rooting for Creighton hard, man. I mean, I haven't taken a loss that bad in a while just because it was so much. It was such a fun team to watch. Oh, and especially the way that they tied it up there at the end with that with that bad pass and bounds. Yeah. I mean, oh, my God. The whole, the whole game was – and actually this whole uh, tournament has been pretty cool with, what, three out of the four in the final yeah. four never been there before? Yeah. Have you been watching the women's Final Four? Oh uh, no! This Caitlin Clark from Iowa, she had a she had a forty point triple double the other day. Forty points. They won like nine. They scored like ninety something points. She's draining threes from the parking lot. It's unbelievable to watch this girl. It's unbelievable. It's a LeBron James is like her biggest fan. She's fantastic to watch. It is a blast. All right, I'll and check I, it out. Something I'd never say about thought I'd say about women's basketball. Yeah, I just haven't. Had the time, you know, but uh, 
I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, okay, I, I haven't really been following the women's final four. Is Iowa in the final four? Iowa is in the, the final four, yes. Okay, so I'll be able to watch for that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's got at least one more game. I, I think she takes on South Carolina, which is the heavy favorite. So get your women's basketball news down. Come on now. Hey, man, I'm sorry. I, you know, there's so much stuff. You can, only, you can only take care of so many things and so much, you know. That's that's part of the thing. So much is thrown at us all the time now. Trying to keep on top of everything. Uh, it, 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 can be, it can be difficult from time to time. So I don't want to talk about the school shooting at all because there's no answers and whatever else. But I do want to talk about, at least for a minute, the reaction of the school shooting in Nashville. Have you noticed the reaction of the school shooting? If you go online, everyone, as soon as the school shooting happens, everyone is pushing their own agenda, whether they're anti-guns or pro-guns or pro-transgender or anti-transgender or anything. It's amazing. You hear a school shooting in Nashville, and all of a sudden, everyone jumps to their own partisan agenda politics and pushes it out, whether we know anything or not online, all this misinformation about what's going on. It's really as sad as these school shootings are. It's the misinformation about it is even more scary. Well, what's interesting here is how the the liberals and conservatives on the, on the extremes of both ends don't know how to deal with this. They're perplexed. There's a transgender person that's pro-Second Amendment. <laughs> you know, I mean, that, what do you do, you know? It's like the, the, the liberals and the conservatives don't know how to embrace that. It doesn't, it doesn't fit the, uh, the paradigm. I think if there's anything to say about this, there's a couple of things. Number one is that, is it really, really is it that big of a story anymore? I mean, only three kids got killed. Uh, 19, what, 19 at Duvaldi, 20 at Sandy Hook. So, you know, I'm sort of on the mindset that sending your kid to school anymore is like a uh, a known risk factor, like driving on the interstate. The odds are the kid will come home safe and sound, just as the odds are you'll get to your destination without being in a fatal accident. But there's that known risk going into it. And I think going to school anymore for a kid is in that same ballpark, is in that same region. Um, you know, and and you're right, as far as talking about it, we don't talk about every fatal car accident. Right. At what point in time do we start, you know, stop talking about every school shooting? Because unfortunately, there's, you know, it, it's not as big of a story as it was even, you know, just a few years ago. No, we we become desensitized to it, and and quite frankly, there's nothing left to be said. What 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 do you say? And nothing changes. Right. Nothing right. changes. I mean, you know, you wake up on a Monday morning and, you know, three people shot in town or whatever else. It's tragic, terrible. But what what, what do you say other than it, it happened and, and, and sort of move on? Did you, uh, see about, did you see about the Nashville uh, congressman who, you know, gave the traditional thoughts and prayers to the family argument? But then you look back at a Christmas card he sent out where the whole family is holding, like, assault weapons. You know, I mean, it's like, can you have it both ways? Here's what I find. Here's what I find weird about this is that should you be allowed to buy a shoulder-fired missile? Uh, no. Right? Okay. Well, then you're clearly a liberal, and you want to take away all my guns, <laughs> right? I mean, should should you be allowed to buy a tank 
at the store and and blow things up, right? I, I can't afford, I can't afford the gas. <laughs> but I mean, right? I mean, so at some at some point, everybody's for some type of gun control, right? Do you want to give guns to Ukraine? No. Well, then you're a liberal who wants to take away my guns, right? I mean, at at some point, you're for gun c- control, right? Wh- whether it's an AR-15 or a pistol or a shoulder-fired missile. So everyone's for it, but we can debate where that line should be. Also, somebody on the text line brought up a great point on my show, whatever day it was. They said, um, how come how come to give the duck a chance, I'm only allowed to load two shells into my rifle, but I can have a 30-round magazine for my AR-15 to hunt humans? A great point. I I can't argue that I don't I don't oh, know what to tell you. Yeah, well, great yeah. point. It's, yeah, you know, you know it, it, the whole thing is just, and here's part of the problem too. I mean, you talk about you know these people with their agendas and stuff. It used to be that these people with their agendas, you know, would be arguing about this at the water cooler, at the uh, at the coffee shop, but now they're online, and so now it all becomes, and they're feeding off one another. And so you got to deal with this nonsense as opposed to before the politicians would maybe do their job or whatever, but all the conversation would be in small little clusters. Now it's all in your face 24 seven and it it just becomes overwhelming. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's, it's pretty sad, pretty sad commentary on the, uh, the uh, world. So uh, I, I have, um, it's uh, soon to be April 1st. Joe Biden still hasn't announced he's running for president. And one in four Democrats don't want him to. Or rather, three out of four Democrats don't want him to. Um, he's hasn't announced yet. Pretty weird that it's now April 1st and he hasn't announced he's running. I'm just saying, who's been the one guy who says he's not running? I really honestly believe He's waiting for as long as possible because the minute he announces he's not running, he becomes the ultimate of ultimate um, blame ducks. And so the last year and a half of his agenda will, will be meaningless. So he's trying to be as to be as powerful and as, um, you know, uh, uh, engaging for as long as possible, because the minute he announces he's not running his administration and his presidency is virtually over. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, have you noticed Kamala Harris is getting a little bit more news coverage these days? She's all overseas right now, dealing with some foreign, you know, foreign yeah. issues. I mean, yeah, so she's starting to get a little bit of attention, which I think would be a mistake. I don't think Kamala, you know, can win. In the meantime, what happens? What happens on the Republican side? I mean, this is so far. This is so bizarre, right? What if Trump does get indicted? What if he does get indicted and he still decides to run? I mean, it's, it's just. What if he gets indicted and is convicted? And so you'd have a president of the United States in jail? I don't know. Well, no, he, he could pardon himself. <laughs> well, it's a state crime. It's it, it's not a federal crime. Oh, that's so right. In this case, well, he, he can't pardon himself. Well, here's the thing about that. I mean, I heard people talk about, well, it's really just a misdemeanor. But I'm wondering if there's more to this that we don't know. That this is going to be a bigger deal than we think. Because that's, it just seems to me that the way that this has been dragging on, 
and they're bringing in more people than that. Seems to me there may be more to this than uh, than we've been led to believe. I'm going to reserve judgment on this until we know more. But I am in the camp of um, don't indict them. It's it's small ball. It's um, you know I get that he I get what he did is disgusting. I get what he did was wrong. I know Michael Cohn went to prison for virtually yeah. the same thing, but Trump's a bigger deal. It's a it, this is I, I just it's just it's now been four years later, five years later. I mean, it's I get it. It's gross. It's disgusting. But I I just don't think. Look, again, we have to move past this some way, shape or form. And we can't move past it because we're waiting outside the courthouse waiting for charges to come down. Well, I agree with you about the uh, New York th- charges. And that's why I say, I wonder if it's a bigger deal than we've been led to believe. Yeah. Because on, on the surface, you're right, that's small potatoes compared to January 6th, uh, compared to the Georgia investigation. You know, so what's happening in uh, uh, you know New York is small potatoes, unless there's more to it that we don't know about. And that's where I'm sort of interested, at least, to see if maybe it is a little bit more. Did you see... Did you see over the weekend that they were filming the Joker, the movie, the Joker, the, the sequel to the Joker, and they had fake protesters protesting the Joker. So while Donald Trump is begging for protesters to protest outside of the courthouse next door, there have fake protesters protesting the Joker. <laughs> yeah. You can't write this stuff in a movie scene. Up. That is, but, but I mean, of any other movie, but the movie is called The Joker, and they have fake protesters outside for a movie scene where people protesting outside of a movie that they're filming called The Joker. And what about who, this? What about who wears, all the, who, who wears orange makeup? But let's, let's, let's look at this. What about all the silent Republicans that are not outraged that Donald Trump is calling for violence? Right? You know, what? What? where are the, the Republicans that are not out in front of the camera saying, hey, he doesn't represent me. You know, I believe in peace. I believe in peaceful debate. I believe in peaceful transfer of power. I don't believe, you know, but they're all cowards. They're all hanging out. They're all hiding. Well, what's weird is that the Proud Boys have been more vocal against Donald Trump than the own uh, Republican Party. That is true. That is true. Hey, uh, let me uh, do this. We got to take a break here on KTRS. We'll take a quick break and then uh, we'll return with more here with Becky and Millie have been just talking. If you're listening on the podcast, it's going to be seamless. We're going to keep going on. But because it also airs on ATRS Radio, we'll take a quick break. More in a moment. This is Becky and Millhaven just saying on the Big 550. So, yeah, so going back, going back to this with all the uh, – let me ask you this. We were talking earlier about the school shooting, and is this that big of a deal anymore? I'm also wondering about the indictments against Donald Trump. And the and the average the average citizen just tuned all this stuff out. You know, is this is this really does the average citizen even care anymore? Um. Well, it's because well, um, I don't think any more or less care, but I really truly believe that politics has become entertainment. It's become WWE. Yeah. And so it's it's a show. And that's what they like. They like the Donald Trump show. 
And they have a villain. They have a good guy. They have a bad guy. Some people like to root for the villain. Some people like to root for the good guy. Somebody likes to root for the up and comer. And so it's one big giant game of WWE. And we know it's fake, right? We, we know Ron DeSantis says one thing and does another, right? Ron DeSantis said it's a territorial dispute. And the Republicans jumped down his throat, so he changed his mind. But it's the same thing that Donald Trump's been saying, and no one questions Donald Trump. So there's no, there's no reality. There's no fact-based conversation. Um, and yet, so it, it's become entertainment. The people who don't care, I don't think care, they're watching some other reality show. But the people who are watching this reality show kind of enjoy the, the spectacle of it all. I remember doing talk radio when the Trump um, phenomenon was really, you know, gaining momentum. And people are just saying, I can't believe what's happening here. I had a caller on my talk program that called in and said, this is great reality TV. To which I pointed out, no, this is reality. <laughs> and, they, and, they can't, and they can't distinguish between the two. Because you're right, it is entertainment. Donald Trump is a showman. Have you been to any Trump rallies? Have you ever gone? No, no I have not. I've been to it now probably about five or six over the years. And it's a rock show. And, and he goes out there and he plays the hits. He goes out there and he plays the hits for the people and they eat it up and they love it. I mean, that's really what it is. The guy is, the guy is, it's a rock show. Uh, you know, lock her up. The election was rigged. All the hits and the people there love to hear it. Even though they've heard it. A million times, you can go, you can go, and uh, you know you may have heard you may have heard a, a song "Hey Jude" eight million times in your life, but when you go to the concert and McCartney sings it, you're still cheering. So listen to this: uh, this week, North Carolina, their Democratic governor, with a Republican-controlled legislature, Republican-controlled legislature. Democratic governor signed into law for North Carolina Medicaid expansion, otherwise known as the Affordable Care Act, otherwise known as Obamacare. North Carolina is now the 40th state to approve the Medicare expansion part of the Affordable Care Act. And Republicans who were vowing to um, block it some of them stood up at the bill signing ceremony and took credit for passing the Affordable Care Act in um, in North Carolina. Forty states have approved Medicaid expansion. I, 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 that should be a bigger story. What happened to repeal and replace? What happened to this is the worst thing in the world? Oh. Republicans are now embracing the Affordable Care Act. They just won't tell you. They'll still take advantage of it in Missouri. 270,000 people signed up for Medicaid expansion. They're not all in the inner city of St. Louis, right? These are rural Missourians, many of them, who voted against every way, shape, or form the Affordable Care Act, but are now benefiting from it, but still hate it. Well, that's how crazy this whole thing is. I mean, you mentioned Obamacare. When you can put a name on something, it's, uh, it's easier to demonize it. So if you talk to people back in the day and you gave them the context of what was in the Affordable Care Act, they liked that. Mm. When you talked about Obamacare, they hated that. 
because it was Obamacare and Obamacare was bad. They were taught that Obamacare was bad. Where if you talked about some of the features of Obamacare or the Affordable Care Act, that they liked. It's just surreal. As I've often said, you know, we don't need voter ID. What we need is voter IQ. In in Missouri, the they went to a vote of the people. And 53% of the voters in the state of Missouri voted for the Affordable Care Act and the expansion of Medicaid. 53%. This is in 2020, I guess. Um, the state legislature said, well, that's all well and good, but you didn't vote to fund it. So it's unconstitutional. So we are not going to expand Medicare or, or Medicaid because you did not, the voters did not come up with a mechanism to fund it. So they said, we're not going to do it. It went all the way up to the state Supreme Court and the state Supreme Court ruled unanimously, you're idiots. <laughs> the people voted this in. They don't have to figure out how to fund it. That's your job. It has to be the way of the state. And so the 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 legislature, which is overwhelmingly a Republican, didn't listen or believe in in the in the ballot box, right? I get you're against it, but the voters spoke. And so it's bonkers that even when the voters tell the politicians what they want, they don't follow it. It's it's the nuttiest thing in the world. And and there are no consequences. There are no consequences to any of this this stuff. Nobody says, you know, uh, there, there's no party loyalty. There's no party discipline. There's no, uh, you know, grand plan. They're just going oh, off. Wait, 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 what do you mean there's no party loyalty? I think that's part of the problem. I think I think too much of it is loyalty to party. No, and, no, oh. I think it's the opposite. No, 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 no. I Because if it was party loyalty, you wouldn't have these crazy people going off on these these things. You'd have the party leaders, right? The establishment running the party. The establishment doesn't have any power anymore. There are all these wild kooks who are running around. And you have to be beholden to the wild kooks. And the regular Republicans have to be beholden to the wild kooks. Well, the wild kooks get your attention. The same people don't. Hence the hence the entertainment portion of this. Yeah, no, you're right. You're yeah. right in that regard. Right in that regard, and and, uh, and I wonder. I mean, I honestly do wonder, and I not to be too fatalistic or too much of a Debbie Downer here, but I also do often do wonder if democracy can survive in the uh, age of social media and uh, all this interconnectivity. Can democracy actually survive? I mean, used to be. Well, look, we all we all agree. There's one thing we all agree on. And that is social media is destroying our country. Liberal, conservative, left, right, center, pro-guns, anti-guns. We all agree that social media is destroying our country. And yet nobody fixes it. And we all agree on it. I, I, I'm not going to agree with you 100% on that. I look at social media as a tool. And just like a hammer, it can be built, used to build or destroy. And there's a lot of good things in social media. But a lot of the bad that comes out of it is um is very dangerous and i don't know how you stop that well i'm not saying i'm not saying ban it i'm not saying ban it but there are things you can do um you know uh there are you know mass shootings that are broadcast on facebook twitter is a cesspool of of child pornography they we have these bots who are who are more powerful we have russia who's more powerful on social media than our own voice 
So, I mean, there are things we we can do to fix it. We just choose not to. Well, then you got that whole First Amendment thing in there. And, uh, well, you know it- what? China China doesn't allow our social media apps in China, but yet we allow Chinese apps here in the U.S. It's our freedom, baby. I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, uh, although I don't know that we're going to be allowing TikTok much longer. Well, and, and, and you and I are in traditional media. You're on television. I'm on radio. Our uh, airwaves are regulated by uh, the federal government for the public good. And so, you know, they they figured out how to deal with free speech and me not being allowed to curse on the radio. So they figured it out. I'm sure we could figure it out how to make sure people can say what they want on TikTok and Twitter without having it be full of child pornography. Uh, well, yeah, if they had the... Uh... If they had the uh, wherewithal, or rather the uh, the backbone to do it, yeah. Remember, but remember, you know, you know, it's not it's not like you know Zuckerberg and Musk and those guys uh, don't have high powered lobbyists to try to uh, prevent all of that from happening. I know, I know, it's crazy. All right, we got to take a break. I'll come back. I want to tell you what I bought online. I, I can hardly wait. Plus, I want to talk about how crazy the world has gotten with this David statue. In Florida. <laughs> we got to talk about that too. So that's all coming up here on Beck and Millhaven, just saying on the Big 550 KTRS. We are back once again here. I'm Tom Beck along with Ron Millhaven. And uh, you said, What you bought online? Oh, I'm on pins and needles, getting with anticipation. What did you buy online? A 1962 Vendo soda machine. Now, part of me is impressed by that. And Told part you. of me says, you must be making just too much money to waste that. <laughs> why, why would you buy a 1962 Vendo soda machine? It's the kind that um, the door open. You, you, you put the dime in, you open the door, and then you pull the bottle out, right? And you're allowed to pull out one bottle, right. and then the chute goes down one. Um, I don't know. Those old time soda machines are cool looking. Oh, very and, cool. Yeah, yeah. And so they're, I mean, they they go for refurbished, they go for ten, fifteen thousand dollars easy. This one is it's in working condition, but it it's pretty ratty. It's gonna need a lot of work. Um, but I don't know. I figured I'd I bought it cheap. Somebody was getting rid of it, didn't want it, you know, wanted to fix it up and um, didn't do anything with it. So I took it out of his basement. I'll put it in my basement. And in five years, I'll sell it online for something else because I never got around to it. <laughs> I know. I know. It's like, I I look at that and it's like, I've got stuff. It's like, oh, I'd like to put that there, put that there. And I just, you know, don't have the room or just, because uh, I would love to have an old vending machine like that in there or, or a pinball machine. I would love to have, a pinball machine in my house. Right? Yeah, that's that's kind of cool. That, that's and, cool. I, and I would play it three times and then just have it there and become a coat rack. Did I did I tell you, like the health writer, um, did I tell you that um, we have this guy, Farmer Dave, on the radio show, and uh, he has an auction company. So I went over there for a couple of years ago. He was having an auction, and I ended up going over there. And I'm sitting around, and they're going through the auction, and he pokes me on the shoulder, and he says, hey, that's a really nice piano. So I was like, really? So I bid on it and I ended up paying 
like $127 for the piano. Uh-huh. I, was like, I was like, sweet, awesome. So, so he comes over to me. He says, uh, how are you going to get it home? And I was like, well, can't can't your guys, you know, load it on, on the truck? He goes, sure. He goes, how are you going to how are you going to get it off the truck? I was like, oh, I was like, I hadn't thought of that part. So I was like, you know what? Leave it here and uh, let me figure it out. He goes, OK, fine. So about a week later, he calls me and he says, so I, I have the piano here. What do you want to do about it? And I was like, oh, yeah, shoot. I forgot about it. I was like, you know what? Uh, let me call some guys and let me call you back. So I was like, okay, fine. So a month later, six weeks later, I get a check from him for $242, right? So I call him up. I was like, why did, why did you send me a check for $242? He's like, well, since you do, didn't do anything with the piano, I decided to sell it for you at the next auction and it got 350 bucks. So you got the difference. So I, I bought and sold a piano, never touched it and made 250 bucks out of it. Only you, only you. That that sort of thing never happens to me. But boy, for you, yeah. So yeah. there you go. There's my story. Well, actually, I had a, a poor piano story here too. You know, I also do real estate on the side with Better Homes and Gardens, uh, real estate, the Good Life Group, and I had a client. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. What's your phone number? Uh four zero two three two one nine five nine zero for all your Omaha real estate needs. Give me a call. Anyway, so um. Uh, I have a client who had a baby grand piano, and they're downsizing. And as he's getting ready to move out, he realizes the baby grand piano will not fit into his house. He thought it would, and it won't. Mm-hmm. And I like, and like in a twenty-four hour period, it's like I got to get rid of this baby grand. The new people are moving in. So I call up a friend, a musician friend of mine, and say, "Do you want a piano?" And he says, "Yeah, sure." So for the cost of moving it, which was like 300 bucks, for the cost of moving it, he got a baby grand piano worth, I don't know, a couple thousand dollars just because some guy didn't have room for it in his house. Was it a Yamaha? No, Yamaha baby grand. Oh, man, that's a deal. I know, it's a big deal. I've been looking for a baby grand. I, I was measuring my house. Do I have room for it? And again, I don't play the piano. And how cool would it be to have a, you know, Yamaha baby grand Well, have, have you seen the technology with these now player pianos, with the player pianos that they do now? Oh, yeah. So, so apparently they contract with Elton John and Billy Joel and whatever else. And so Billy Joel goes into a studio. and I mean, they have all, I mean, all the art. You name the artist, they, they, they have them. Or they've digitized it. So they have um, Billy Joel go into a studio and he plays the, the piano man. And they record it. And then, so when you then download this, right? You can download and then play, you can play the the Piano Man on your piano. And what it is, is it's actually the taped version of Billy Joel playing the Piano Man. So they, they hit the buttons, right? They record Billy Joel hitting the buttons. And so that recording, when you replay it on your piano in your house, that's the actual Billy Joel hitting the buttons right? so you, in the same way. So, so it, it's, like, it's like having Billy Joel play the piano man in your living room. So what you do is you have your friends over and you have them sit way on the other side of the room so they can't see the keyboard and you tell them <laughs> that you're playing, right? That, that works once. <laughs> 
But I mean, how cool is that? That is so, I mean, you can do Christmas music, you can do all this stuff, and it sounds so real. And the player piano goes back, you know, centuries. But this this new technology is unbelievable. Okay, now, if I want to hear Billy Joel play the piano, man, I got a million options on there that won't take up a lot of space in my house. And I also get the vocals along with the playing. Now, I'm sure that there are people out there that would like to buy that. I have no, I would have no interest in that whatsoever. That's because you're a boob. Uh, that's one. Two, there's a difference between playing Billy Joel on your phone or having a live acoustic render, uh, rendering of the piano man on a piano in your house. It's not live. No, it is live. No, no, it's a recording that you're playing, just like you'd be playing your CD or your. No, no, or no, 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 no. The actual piano is the the actual piano is being played. Yeah, but 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 is being played digitally from a recording that Billy Joel made. Right. the 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 digital part is the pressing of the buttons, but the actual sound is coming from the piano. And just pray tell. What does one of these pianos cost? Well, three hundred dollars. If if I know you, the next time you sell a house with a baby grand piano in it, <laughs> and actually, um, they're actually relatively reasonable. Um, lots of times, if you buy, I mean, you can get you can get it retrofitted, but I think Yamaha has their own system, and I think everybody else has another system that you can retrofit your compute your computer or your computer on your piano to get it done it's a couple All right, well, let's, let's talk about something that's far more important to our, our to the future of society all right and we got to talk about this and this is important stuff here about how michelangelo is corrupting the youth of america that's now that's a fact i do you believe this and this and this goes back to you know so a principal in florida and of course, it's always Florida, right? That's, yeah. It's always Florida where these stories are coming from. Principal in Florida, excuse me, showed sixth grade kids David, the statue of David. And because David has genitalia showing, the three uh, parents got upset and forced the school's principal to resign. In what world does that make any sense whatsoever? These are sixth graders. They know what a penis looks like. You know, half the class has one. It's and, not... the, and the other half of the class is getting one when they turn 18. So it's a thing where it's like, why? How does it make any sense in this world for a statue that's been around for centuries that has been just a classic work of art? Get a couple of prudes so upset that a principal has to lose his job over it? Well, the principal was canceled. I thought there was more to that story. I thought there was another reason why they canceled or they they fired the um, or the principal quit. It wasn't just the the statue. I don't know what that would be then. What? What? Yeah, what? I don't know. I don't know. But have you seen the uh, statue of David? Uh yes. I mean, not not so a, there, a personal, but no. Yeah. So there's the one. 
outside the Uffizi Gallery in Florence, which is a replica. And they put the original um, in a museum down the street because at some point somebody wanted to blow up the Statue of David, the nut job. So now it's yeah. under, you know, lock and key. And you, 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 you can go and see it, but it's in a secure location. Um, but they have the one that's a replica outside the Uffizi Gallery in um, Florence. And um, I got to tell you that um, while looking at it, you know, I've seen it in pictures and books and whatever else, and then seeing it live, it doesn't, the pictures do not do it justice. It is insanely gorgeous how somebody could carve this out of a block of, of, of you know, one giant block of granite. It is unbelievable how spectacular and how brilliant he really was to, to carve this, you know, from his own mind. You know, that goes, I mean, that's it. To look at a big block of granite like that and see David yeah. inside that block of granite. It, it is amazing. What is also amazing is uh, when I was in Scotland, I went to some of these old churches. And you've been to Europe. I mean, you see some of these old cathedrals in Europe. And the attention to detail that they put into these cathedrals hundreds of years ago, it's just amazing. I mean, there had to be people there with a, just incredibly OCD to put all that attention to detail and the just the, the the beauty in those buildings. Now, the argument could be made that all that money could be spent on feeding the poor or whatever, and that's another argument for another day. But the architecture and the the beauty of these of these buildings, uh, nothing nothing that we do today comes even close. I don't, it just boggles my mind how they built them or how they were smart enough to figure out how to build them that would last 300 years, 400 years, right? I mean, that's the insane part. Yeah. You know, the, the, the pyramids are one thing, right? You're like, how did they build this? But how did they build, you know, these, I mean, and they're, these, these cathedrals are all over Europe uh, and these castles. How, how did they do it? Have you ever been to um, Barcelona? No. Uh, Barcelona has the, the Gaudi, which is a, um, cathedral that they're hoping to finish by 2030 or some insane thing. It's been, you know, under construction for a hundred years. It is like being in the mind. It's like being in a fun home. It's being like half Disney, half fun home. It is bonkers. And you just walk through this thing and you're like, how in the world did anybody come up with this? And then now that they have computers, they took this, this guy's brain and his plans and put them, you know, computerized them. And it uh -huh. was the amazing how similar or how brilliant his calculations were that he was able to calculate all the load and the this and the that and all the structure and how how accurate he was in his mind as compared to what computers can do today. Yeah, um, it, it would be really interesting. I mean, I do wish there'd be some sort of time travel to go back and really get to see just what was going on back in the, you know in those days with those people. What gave them that, that kind of spirit and that creativity and that ability to do all that stuff? But at the same time, they also thought leeches was going to cure, you know, the uh, the common cold. Well, nobody's perfect. Nobody's <laughs> perfect. But, I mean, for every for every ying, there's a yang, right? For everyone who is such a forward thinking Galileo, right, who can figure out that the sun doesn't revolve around the earth and that the earth. Are, revolves around the sun right that was so blasphemy 
he was, you know, ostracized, and the Catholic Church only apologized to him 20 years ago. Well, you know what? We got the same thing happening today. We got scientists that are putting people to the moon, scientists that come up with chat GPT, scientists that are developing cures for cancer, and then we got people that think that a, a marble penis is going to corrupt their kids. So, you well, know, so it's the same thing here, you know? Well, if they ever did come up with a cure for cancer, half the people wouldn't believe it. Science, you know, you can't trust science. No, they would. Th- what, I don't want that thing. You're actually, wait, there's a vaccine for cancer? No, I don't want that. You're I don't know what's in it. Yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's 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 liberal. It's Fauci. Fauci was involved with this. I don't want this vaccine for cancer. What are you, crazy? I know, I know. It's well, we live in, thank God you and I are saying uh, everybody else is nuts. All right, have we come to the end of another successful podcast? Uh, I don't know if it's successful, we come to the end. No matter how bad it is, we get to the end. We get, we got through it once again. We do thank everybody for listening and joining us here. I hope that by next week, my voice is completely back to normal. I don't. Uh, yeah, I hope you lose your, hope you lose your voice. And oh, by the way, I still haven't gotten my bottle of scotch in the mail yet. You don't drink scotch. It's not the point. You should have gotten me one on your uh, way back. I'll buy, I'll buy a bottle of Bud the next time I'm in St. Louis. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate it. All right, man. I'll talk to you later. Until next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for your time. We're out of time. Till next time. Bye-bye. A Huda Media Production.